The Nazi, yeah, the Nazi chat. Yeah, I don't know. What do you reckon? Well, well I just, I'm not lying on camera. I just I told know, you. I know, one, but, one through five we've done. Mm -hmm. We haven't done six, seven, eight, nine, ten. But everyone's saying I'm crazy because well, we're not you killing Jews. You, you haven't got number three, which is marking people in their homes. We are marking people. Welcome to season five, episode seven of The People's Project. Today we're gonna to do something a bit different. I am tired of just talking politics all the time. Although we are gonna talk politics. Mm -hmm. My friend here, Joel. Joel is the chief digital officer from Jim's group. But more than that, he's a mad sick guitarist. <laughs> mad sick guitarist, I'm gonna put it that way, but yeah. I can't shred like that. I'm a karaoke machine, mate. It's all guitar hero about in real life. Uh, That's all it is, it's karaoke. He has, he's just bought a sweet new Ibanez, yes. which uh, we won't tell his girl that... Um... I was paying it off for, for months. <laughs> I was paying it off for a no, long, long time. No, you saw it and you just went, oh, I have to have it, and you bought it. No, no, paid off for months, long time. 20 bucks a week was putting away to it, so... All right, so today we're going to look at a bunch of issues uh, and we're going to let the control room run it. So control room is just going to throw up stuff for us, see what we've got, and um, we'll react to it. Let's go for it. All right, it's been a big week. So what have we got up first, Control Room? What are you going to show us here? You don't want to be here. We don't want to be here. We want to be one country. One country. Here we go. One country. Oh my God, he's got a gun, he's got a gun. Okay, can you just pause that? Go back to uh, where he's just standing behind. Yeah, just pause it there. All right, so what I've noticed here, um, Joel, is here's this cop here commanding mm. these guys. He's standing behind... He, like, he's pretty safe. He, he's got his finger on the gun. This is what these people have reported, why they said, oh, he's got a gun. He's standing safe behind all of these shields. And he's calling the crowd, sorry for the language, everyone. He's calling the crowd pussies. Mm. I reckon he's the pussy. He thinks he's a bit of a hero, doesn't he? A bit of a tough guy. So, you know, look, I'm not going to comment on who would go into policing, but I'd say a lot of people who go into there, you know, might have been bullied at school or whatever, and they use it as an opportunity to get back at people and... You know, that is a very weak move, absolutely. Did you, were you surprised by this? I wasn't surprised by it at all, no way. I've got five mates from school who are cops. I was surprised, and what are you, what's, what are you talking about? Five, your five mates? Five I've got five mates from schools who are cops, they're just normal blokes, you know, and if, if they're getting triggered by people at the front there as well, yeah, you know, it's yeah. very hard to restrain yourself. And to be, you know, to be professional all the time, you're going to yeah. let things slip and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, so so say these these people here, well, they're actually screaming, "We don't want to be here. We don't want to be whatever. Mm. You don't want to be here." But even if they were screaming, you're a bunch of f and whatever. These guys have got guns. Th this guy, oh, just on the right, he pulls out the pepper gun and he starts firing rubber pepper stuff on the on the crowds. Um, and they got shields and face masks. Mm. It just strikes me as a level of unprofessionalism that I, I didn't think was there and I don't think should be there. You shouldn't be able to stand there with guns and shields and pepper gun stuff and say, come on, pussies, let's go. Oh, yeah, it's being a bully. It's inflaming the situation when they're supposed to be de-escalating it and that's what you think they'd be taught. But they're just being bullies. It's weak. Being a coward, you know, and that's just a reflection on that bloke there. 
you know, it's getting called out right here, so I'm sure people that got called out, he wouldn't have probably got reprimanded over it. They're probably just there laughing about it, you know, at, when, at the end of this when they do their debriefing, whatever they're doing. But, um, yeah, his mate's probably patting on the back and all that sort of stuff. Wouldn't be surprised if that's happened multiple times at this whole uh, sort of thing. It probably has, hasn't it? But this is the first time we've caught it on camera. Well, it's been great that it's been caught on camera, and it should be a lot more um, more pushed in this. But that's, but that's but that'd be a typical. I'm not saying I'm not gonna. If anyone's a cop watching, I don't mean to be offended. But typical police would be like they're just normal people. You know what I mean? They're getting egged on. More people in there annoying. They're gonna say things. It's very hard for them to be professional all the time. I'm not defending them, but what do you expect? You know, they're just normal people. I I haven't seen this before. All right, just yeah. hit play. Let's watch the rest of the thing. Here we go, boys. Come on, Chris, here we go. He's got a gun, he's got a gun! Yeah, dodgy ass. Alright, so you're supposed to provide a bit of fire and a bit of disagreement in the show. You're gonna <laughs> agree with me the whole way, Joel? <laughs> no, I'm not gonna agree with you at all. Okay, here yeah. we go. I There's more footage from Vic Pyle I need to show you now. So, curfews and stuff are all on. Uh, I was able to score this from someone who live leaked it of Victoria Police and New South Wales Police. Please return to your home. civilian rights there is no curfew return to your home immediately when you make the rules robot hey no. i remember when i watched this mm. i thought this was so crazy a bunch of army saying there's a curfew in effect and then eerily i know this is a sci-fi mm. movie but we are literally living through some please of that calm. please refrain from going near the windows or doors Deactivate. Commence emergency shutdown. We are attempting to avoid human losses during this transition. We're attempting to avoid human losses. This is all for your own safety, Joel. <clears throat> Art is becoming life. Well, it is. I wouldn't be saying it's, it's going to get that bad, but... Um, well, they're literally just bad? saying return to your homes, curfews in effect. We've definitely got that. We do, we do. But I don't think it's going to be... Look... I'm trying to pick an argument with you. It is no, happening. Don't have to. Be, genuine, be it, genuine. It is happening a bit here, but um, you know, look, I, I know people use these things from history. I see it all the time online. You know, they they use these quotes from history, or they refer back to 1940s and in Germany and stuff like that. And for me, I think that's a bit rich. And obviously, that's an extreme example. It, but Can we go into this? Why do? Because a lot of people say this. They say, "Well, mm -hmm. it's a bit rich." Why do you say it's a bit rich? Because you got to keep in mind that if you're in 1933 to 1943 in Germany mm -hmm. was, was was the ramp up, so pre-genocidal, right? After 1943, then they go crazy and they kill people, whatever. And then we look back and we go, oh, "Look at those idiots who allowed Hitler to rise to power." But if you're there in 1936, 1939, there's been no gas chambers. There's never been a Hitler. There's mm -hmm. there's no genocide. All you know is that the unvaccinated, excuse me, the Jews, are dirty. <laughs> They're dirty. Well, that, then they had to wear the armbands, and it was, it was for the health of our nation. Mm -hmm. Isn't it fair to say there might be some similarities with 1930s? Maybe not in the 1940s. Well, it's what's been, been said a lot. You know, my grandparents were, um, were German, and they were in there at that time. Oh, really? Yeah, they were. So, um, you know, when I hear that, for me, it's... <sighs> I don't really have too much stories from them about it, but um, it's just one of those things. I, 
I'll say it again, I think it's a bit rich. Like me personally, like, you know, this might sound very selfish, but the stuff that I have seen footage and stuff of people being affected by, you know, policing and all that sort of stuff. And me personally, it hasn't really affected my life overly much. Obviously, there's restrictions on me as a person. I can't yeah. do certain things, and that's obviously not good. But yeah. I haven't had any bad interactions with police and stuff like that. Okay. Um, you know, look, I understand what people are saying. They keep making this historical argument with the, what you just said then, and the, yeah. it's the same thing now. Well, like, I just don't. Look, I might keep saying it can't get that bad, but it is, it is Australia. I didn't think this would ever happen in Australia, mm. but it is now. But I just don't I just don't see it going to anywhere near that sort of thing. And I know where people say, well, it started the same way, lots of similarities, but I just don't think in my heart of hearts, you know, knowing what Australia is, I just don't think it would ever, ever go that way. All right. Let me well, put, I'd hold out hope that it wouldn't go that way. Oh, I think we all do. But let me put it to you this way. If you were a German Jew in 1938, Mm. Would you? Would they have seen it the same way? Sh- saying to themselves, "Surely not. It it won't get that bad." They probably did. And they're only four or five years away from it getting bad. They probably did. Absolutely. You would like to think we're more enlightened now than what we are then. You know, and we'd have and we'd have a bit more respect for humans and for each other. But um, I understand what you're saying. They wouldn't have thought that as well. But you'd like to think we're more advanced, and that's all I can really say with that one. But well, you know how I can prove you wrong in a small area is with animals. Mm. Yeah, we're not gassing people and putting them into quarantine camps until 2022. Uh, but we are killing animals. You know about the dogs that were shot? Yeah, I heard about that. That one in regional New South Wales. Yeah. So yeah. the whole world is making fun of us and the thing that's kind of sparked it off has been the dogs being shot. So this is our uh, good friend, the uh, the good lefty Tucker. Weren't they like 600 k's away from anywhere from close to city or something? Yeah. There was something about that? This is Tucker Carlson talking about Fox News, your favorite show. Watching the sunset is also selfish and arrogant. Watch. There's a whole bunch of people down the Ryback Beach last night who thought the best thing to do is to go and watch the sunset. I'm sure it was a beautiful sunset. But that's not in the spirit or in, or, or in the letter of these rules. Scolded for watching the sunset, executing rescue dogs, a nationwide manhunt for a guy who sneezed alone in an elevator. No one in Australia is laughing at this. No one can stand back far enough to see the lunacy on display. They're too far gone. Well, we are, we're, we're laughing at it. Uh, mm. So let's talk about the dogs first. So yeah, a bunch of dogs were shot in regional uh, at a, a pound yeah. because they didn't want people, and I think people were on the way to go and collect them. And they didn't want people to come and adopt them. Mm. So they killed them. So this whole Germany thing we've started talking about, we're not talking anymore about like restrictions on going to buy food at Queen Victoria markets or going to the skate park. Mm. Sentient animals are dying. They're not humans, they're dogs. But I do feel there's a bit of a slip here. We're now willing to kill things for the sake of the rules. We certainly killed babies mm. through, through not allowing them to travel into Victoria and then into Queensland. Mm. That came out last week. Well, it is pretty ordinary, isn't it? And you're allowing footy players to travel around, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know what to say about the dogs. I'm, look, I'm a dog lover myself. I've got a dog. I think a lot of people are. Yeah. How that didn't get more... I don't know how much what you think from your perspective, but I don't know how much traction that got in the media. If It should have got a lot more than that because that's something that if you are you know, trying to push, that's a good angle to go with that. That Everyone loves animals, right? And that sort of really be outraged by that. I think Ricky Gervais even tweeted it. Yeah. So Ricky Gervais. Big tweeted, animal lover, yeah. Big animal lover, Ricky Gervais tweeted. But yeah, no, that sort of stuff's not on. But saying that, I still don't think, you know, referring back to what you're saying before about Germany and stuff, <laughs> it's not going to get that bad. You know, I just don't think it will. You know these videos get enshrined forever. 
Either. And we can look back and see who was right. They could, they could, but I don't, I don't. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, you know. And then we're all stuffed, right? But um. So um, the other thing they talked about there is sunsets. Mm. I can't believe we got told off for uh, looking at the sunset. Yeah, that's pretty rich. I was, I presume he's referring to the people gathering together to watch it. But yeah, the way he did it yeah. was pretty stupid and stupid grab. And look, to be to have Fox News now, I think that's the second time. How many times has he been featured on Fox a number News? Of times. A number of times, right? But he wasn't just having a go at people gathering in large numbers. I, I watched the full Dan mm. Andrews thing. It, was, it wasn't about that. It was about you shouldn't be leaving the home for, except for the five reasons. Yeah, That's not one of the reasons. It's not in the letter or the spirit of the rules. Mm. So don't go and... Don't leave your home to do stupid stuff like watch the sunset. Yeah, it's pretty pretty rich. He obviously didn't think before he spoke, which he never does. But um, what are you talking about? He thinks all the time. He's a smart bloke. Uh, is he really? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he's a smart bloke. How can you take six years to do an arts degree and be called a smart bloke? Oh, ouch! I don't think you are. You know, and that's that's what that's what I still gets me. You know, what people don't run hard like how can you be six years doing an art degree and all of a sudden you're going to manage multi million dollar budgets and all this sort of thing. And people don't go into that a bit more. But um, You've probably had more managerial experience because you run a lot of gym shop mm. for a number of years. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. True. <laughs> they are making fun of us overseas. Uh, this is a investigative reporter, uh, Tim Poole. Tim Poole, um, yeah, let's have a look. If you live in Australia, or you know people who do, I feel bad for you. I empathize. I sympathize. The country has gone rogue. They have gone insane. They are now violating the human rights of their own citizens. And this past weekend, we saw hundreds of people get arrested and fined because they were protesting the draconian lockdowns. They're telling people they can't leave their homes. They're telling people they can't protest. They're telling them they can't go about normal business. They're arresting people for visiting friends. They're arresting someone for being sick and leaving his house. They arrested and fined a bunch of teenagers for hanging out on a beach. They're, they, look, while you weren't paying attention, while we were all sitting back, I mean, m most of us were paying attention, uh, those watching, I mean, but while most people were sitting back and ignoring the world, Nazis took over Australia. And you think I'm joking? No, I, I genuinely mean it. These are not, uh, this, this, is a, this is overt authoritarianism. It is so bad right now in Australia. They have shot and killed rescue dogs from TimCast.com. Rescue dogs shot and killed in Australia to prevent volunteers from traveling during COVID. Dogs waiting for homes in an animal shelter in New South Wales have been shot and killed to prevent people from traveling to pick them up during COVID. Do you think that it's going to stop here? It's not. They will be given a quarantine sign and be given a personal direction by an authorized officer to display that sign in the front of their premises they're quarantining, quarantining at for 14 day period. The new rules sparked anger and confusion as they made getting back to South Australia more difficult and time consuming, locking many out for months. Here's the sign. Health alert. This household is currently self-quarantining. No visitors allowed. Please knock and leave any deliveries at the door. If you live in Australia... Have you seen that uh, South Australia sign before? No, that's the first time I've seen that, actually. Do I know. You, I do know Sorry. Do you know about it? No, I don't. Oh, so South Australia, when you go there, you can quarantine at home, which is mm -hmm. good, instead of the hotels. But you must display a, uh, an armband to say that you're Jewish. <laughs> I mean, a sign on your front door to say that you're potentially sick. Not if you're sick, if you're mm -hmm. potentially sick. Yeah. Well, what, what else do you expect them to do? But what would you say? Not, oh, well, I'm saying you, don't, you shouldn't have to advertise and discriminate 
you shouldn't. But aren't you giving fair warning to that person that you might be? Well, this is the argument that yeah. we need to warn people that you're dangerous. So it's like the old do not, not disturb on the um, you know, you put on the door if you've got a someone in the room with you. Okay, or fair warning. But they're going, they're doing that now with other areas as well with vaccination. Mm. I'm not vaccinated. You're, mm. you're vaccinated now, right? I've had one. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a risk to you, according to them. Well, I'll make my own my system if you're going to be a risk to me or not. So shouldn't I have a sign? Shouldn't I? You, you come into my house. Mm. But by the same logic that you're saying, shouldn't we have? Shouldn't I have to advertise that if you come into my house, you're putting yourself at risk, because I'm my family's my two-year-old, four-year-old, and thirty-five-year-old is unvaccinated. So the only sort of me should be assess that decision or assess that risk before I come here. Yeah, but yeah. a sign. Shouldn't they force me to put a sign on the door so that you know? You didn't know except I had volunteered that information. That's very true. But that's you know, could, I could have asked you beforehand. I could have asked you many things beforehand. But saying to put a thing on someone's house, look. Yes, I understand what you're saying, but I just think it's one of those things. It's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit rich to once again to keep going back to what they're saying, you know, Nazis and all that sort of stuff. That guy Paul, I'm not seeing him do the Twitter stuff with um with Rogan. I thought he's quite interesting. Yeah. Look, if you're not living in Australia, and you look at that and you think Australia's gone gone berserk. Yeah. But you live here, I live here. I don't know if you feel oppressed. I don't feel personally oppressed. But saying that I haven't lost a job, so I'm going, I'm okay. Um, I think that's probably the problem. Most of us are okay. Well, that's the thing. Like, I reckon if you had forty percent of people who lost their job, like this, you know, you yeah. would see bedlam. I would think bedlam, you know, going berserk. But most people, the economy is still doing its thing. In the background, house prices still going up crazy. Oh, for goodness' sake, that's ridiculous. But yeah. what I mean is, if I can't go to Coles mm. in three months, six months from now because I'm not vaccinated, I have to do click and collect. I'm really going to start to feel oppressed then. Well, you're going to be forced, and that's the way it's going to go, isn't it? What to be vaccinated? Well, that's exactly right. They're going to put in various. They're going to make it very hard for those who are unvaccinated unless they've got some sort of medical reason why they can't. That's what they're already doing. Gladys, obviously, but it's going to it's going to happen. You're going to be forced. To, I don't know what you're going to, if you're going to be forced to do it. But so but, this is my problem. Can't I can't I decide whether to get it or not and make a decision based on medical grounds? Because what we're talking about is mm -hmm. I'll have to make a decision based on you're going to have to because you've shopping grounds we're going to have to because it's going to you, you get they're going to slowly take away or put things in place to basically force you to do it. if you want to go to a sporting event if you want to go to a bar if you want to do this and that that's mm. what's going to happen unfortunately and it's going to take i don't know how people are going to challenge it i don't know what's going to happen if someone's going to take it to court i don't know but hmm. someone's someone's going to have to if someone's really against it they're going to have really deep pockets to take it and challenge it one of the things that i found interesting from this guy I think we have another clip of him yeah. where he talks about the only real solution is not really to go to court because that's the very, that's where all this power is coming from. You know, the laws are, you can't say shop at Coles if you're not vaccinated. He's, he reckons that we've lost our spine in Australia or maybe we never had one. Well, I think, I think, I don't, I actually agree with that. You know, I, back in the past, you know, I think Australia, let's say going back to Eureka Stockade, I think we're rebels and we're rebellious and against the English and all that sort of stuff. For 12 minutes, the Eureka Stockade. <laughs> True. It was a 12-minute skirmish. But the uh, the sense that we're rebellious and stuff like that and we stand up and things like that, mm. I don't think that's... And we're very tough and, you know, we're hardworking and stuff. I don't... I'm sort of against... I think we're very compliant. We're ultra-compliant, you know. We're very rule-heavy. Compared to the rest of the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think so. And when but you, do you like it? I don't, it? Well, I think the rules are in place for a reason. Yeah. Because people are idiots, you know, and we and we have to put rules in place because people do idiotic things, unfortunately. And even if a small amount of people do idiotic things, we like to put a rule to blanket punish everyone. Okay, which so is what happens. follow this logic then. Yeah. People are idiots, so we need rules on them, right? Yeah. 
So what about the people who make the rules? Are they not idiots? Well, there you go. The people making the rules are, are idiots as well. And that's a big problem. You know, our, our, the quality of politicians or quality of people making the rules in this country, I reckon, has gone completely backwards. So then why downhill. then would we submit ourselves to a culture of rule following? It's just built into us. Why are you taught from a young age? But see, there's a cognitive dissonance that most Australians would agree with what you said, mm. that people are stupid, we need rules to control them. But also, politicians who make the rules are stupid. Aussies hate their politicians. Well, let's start to realise that now. Look, in my younger days, I would have thought, let's say before, let's say the last three or four years, like really, to be honest, the government really never, never affected me personally, so I don't really care about it, I have no interest yeah. in it. And you just presume, look, people running government, they're there for a reason, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But now in the last two, let's say four, four, four two years, I've completely changed my opinion on it now. I didn't give a shit about politics before before anything. Now I do, obviously, because it affects affects yeah. us and affects people I know and stuff like that. But yeah, the, if we need to look deeply at these people, yeah, they're idiots as well. And who makes rules on them? Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. This is a problem. This is why we can't just have one group of experts making rules for everyone. Well, maybe you can, but you have to have an accountability mechanism. Is the point exactly right? But the, who's the accountability mechanism? Well, traditionally, it was the people. Well, we're gonna wait now, don't we, to do anything about it? Well, there's elections, but there's also mm. civil disobedience. So civil disobedience has gone out of fashion now, but it used to be in fashion for BLM only a year ago, and it was fashionable decades past with you know overcoming apartheid in South Africa and yep. in the US. And now it seems to be slowly coming back into a fashion amongst some parts, you know, with the protests in mm. Melbourne and Sydney are getting bigger and bigger. Anyway, here's Tim Poole on our second clip talking about civil disobedience. I'm all for keeping South Australia safe. He intends to do the right thing, but can't leave without the paperwork. It's just so frustrating. Stop saying that, you pathetic losers, doing the right thing. Just because someone in government says it doesn't make it legal. Doesn't, and it doesn't even make it moral. There's a big difference between statutory law, executive decree, and ethics. Just because it's legal doesn't make it right. Just because an executive mandate, it doesn't make it legal. But these people keep saying the same thing because they have had their spines forcefully removed. Well, you know what? There's a big difference between the American spirit and the Australian spirit because the Australian spirit is apparently to lie down and roll over and just get trampled on. Pathetic. You know what? I suppose they say it's what a self-correcting problem, I guess. If the people of Australia are not willing to stand up for human rights, then they don't get them. But why should that matter to the rest of us when they don't stand up for their own rights? But ultimately, I think nonviolent civil disobedience and mass noncompliance are the way to actually accomplish these things. And I mean it. What are you going to accomplish by injuring somebody? You're not. But if 10,000 people just said, we're going to go out and we're going to go about our lives like normal. Mass noncompliance. The system only operates if you give to that system. You are holding up. The, the, the throne for the despots, simply put it down. And maybe when you, re, when you let go and there's a little rock on the, on the throne and the king gets mad and they look at you, yeah, maybe you'll be made an example of. But at least you'll know that you stood up for yourself and you stood up for others. Otherwise, what's happening in Australia is going to get bad. Oh, you think it's bad now. Wait until these hubs are set up. Wait until they say this person is suspected of having COVID. So we're going to go send them to a camp. Because it's coming. It's funny. Call me crazy and all that, but look what we're staring at right now. Look what they did. Look at what they did. Shooting dogs. You don't think that they're, they're, they're going to lock you up in their well, alternative quarantine hub? They're going to. Pay attention. 
I, so he's a little bit mistaken. We're already doing it now. So in South Australia, people were removed from the winery without positive mm. tests and put into hotel quarantine. Mm. But I think he uh, is stumbling onto Australian a bit of Australian psyche and culture that he doesn't realise is there, which is what he's talking about is not protest. He's talking about mass civil disobedience. He's talking about us going and watching the sunset. He's talking about let us play, kids playing in the playground, even though the government says you can't. Mm. He's talking about people going over to their mates, which people are doing. The, the movement data... A lot of people are doing it, absolutely. You, you know this yeah, from person. Sure. You hear it, right? Yeah. People are already disobeying. Mm. Needs to be more, though. Whoa, whoa, are more. you inciting? No, look, I, you know, if this thing keeps going, like if you, let's say if you're a business, let's say if you're a shop owner, right, you've mm. been closed or you're a restaurant. If, if 5,000 restaurants or 2,000 restaurants go stuffy, we're all opening them up. What are they going to do? It's true, but it's getting from zero to the 2,000 is impossible. Correct. And how do you get to those people who are, you know, how do you get to those people who are, who are scared? What mm. can you do? Do you put content in front of them or is it going to take people just to, you know, the government to keep doing it and they lose enough money to have enough and just open up regardless? All that sort of thing. To make them desperate enough. Make them desperate enough, exactly Which right. the government is doing. Which they are doing, absolutely. I feel really, really bloody sorry for... Um, I know Paul Dimitino, I've been reading his stuff in the paper and he's been affected hard and I'm not... I'm presuming... I'm not, I shouldn't be saying... He's probably he's probably well off. Paul Dimitino is a professional AFL player. He's, he wouldn't be sure of a quid. But, um, yeah, just the desperation coming out from those sort of businesses. If you all just went and opened up at the same time or progressively started doing it, what are they going to do? It's a bad look for the government if they keep going around shutting down small businesses if they just open up regardless due to the lockdown. Well, you know where this kind of uh, civil disobedience has already started is in the playgrounds. Mm. Um, I don't know if I've given the control room this clip, but I interviewed a guy called Matty C. Fox yesterday. He, uh, he's been pushing our Let Us Play campaign. Just, just kids and parents snapping at the end of their tether and... Um, this closure of playgrounds, parents are just ignoring it and letting... I mean, I do it. Which Honestly, is good. well, you should ignore it. Yeah, I mean, literally, yeah. I'm I'm in the park and my kids are we're walking in the park there. They see the playground. Of course, they run for the playground because they want to get on the slide. Mm. I can't bring myself to grab them and stop them from touching the slide. So I just go. Mm. But imagine the impact that'd make on the kid as well. If you said, "Why can't we play?" Because the government. You know, what's what's your kid gonna moving forward gonna think of anyone in that sort of authority or government position? It was, it's also nonsensical. There's no one on the playground. There's no one in the park. It's just oh, yeah, me it's, and my two kids. It's crazy. Yeah, and crazy. Uh, and then last week, no, it's, you can play. And then this week, no, no, don't touch it. And next week, when the playground ban ends, no, no, you can touch it again. Yeah, it's, no, I it's, can't. I can't. It's pretty out of control. Like when I saw that, I was thinking, geez, it's pretty. That's pretty ridiculous. Like just nonsensical. You know, based on what advice again? You know, trans, you know, there's no transparency with the advice as well. So, okay. all right, here's here's a clip of Matty C. Fox. Uh, an interview I had with him last night. What I thought was yep. very inspiring, where you said to people, playground closed, <laughs> and then you shoved the thing in the bin and said, playground open. Check this out. Playground closed. Don't think it's closed anymore. Playground open. The, uh, the police came, through, came to my house the next morning at 6 a.m., went mm. through... Uh, my bins before I knew they were going through my bins wow. and came to the came to the door my wife answered with the sign already in their hands the evidence they caught you red-handed can I just quickly say for all of our Canadian watches which we have a lot of we have a couple of US and a little bit of UK uh, yes this is real this is literally <coughs> police going through this man's bins and saying aha we caught you this is all based on the video, obviously, that they saw online, right? Yeah, the video where I was advocating um, 
outdoor exercise being essential to children's mental and physical development, well-being, uh, definitely mental mental health to parents, as I'm sure you're aware. Mm. Getting your kids to a playground is sometimes the only reprieve that you have. Um, letting them let off steam so you can you can catch a breath uh and yeah it's just like it is it is heartbreaking like you can you can joke at the matter of how ridiculous 99 percent of the people who hear this story think it is but at the end of the day like there are kids you know ten thousand calls to kids helpline just last week Mm. um you've got five-year-olds talking about suicide um so it's it's a really heartbreaking serious underlying issue uh that goes with what's going on not just with me but around australia as well with the kids yeah i think people misunderstand the let us play campaign they and and this whole playground thing the parent us 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 parents who are out there breaking the law it's not mm. because we're freedom fighters. It's not because of we hate our premier, whether that's Gladys or Dan or Palaszczuk. It's because it's our kids, man, and they are snapping. I don't understand yeah. these parents who are saying, no, nah, kids are fine, kids are fine. Mine are not. Yours are not. Yeah. What I thought was yep. green. Uh, playgrounds, yeah. So massive disability is already underway. The mums are doing it. Mm. It's good. It's good. It's good. They should film himself, put it on TikTok, get a hundred thousand organic views from that platform, and get taken to that that court. The police rocking up though. Seriously, if you're the cop rocking up, geez, you'd be embarrassed. You reckon? Absolutely, you'd be embarrassed. Just stand on the front line. Come on, pussies. Oh, that's one. That's one bloke. There. It's one hero. But um, <laughs> it's, it's one hero, mate. Seriously, you'd be weak without all of his stuff, wouldn't you? Seriously, <laughs> seriously. Like you see the videos all the time. There's I don't. I go down the rabbit hole on TikTok and Reels and stuff, and yeah. it always happens in Western Sydney. Like the cops rock around to some of the yeah. houses there, and yeah. they film on TikTok, and yeah. you know the people there. You come on, you, if you didn't have your badge, you're such tough. It's yeah. the same thing, you know. Okay. Same thing, you know. They wouldn't, they couldn't fight their way out of a wet paper bag. But um, that 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 bloke there, like the cops going around this, they would be embarrassed. Probably send a couple of what juniors around there okay. to do it seriously, okay. like fishing out of the bin. Fishing out of the bin. But yeah, you do. You need mums and that. You know, a hundred of them, let's say. Maybe one of them is an influencer or something on Instagram. Well, he's big. He's got like three hundred thousand followers Does he on really? IG. Yeah, three hundred thousand. Yeah, that's I think, huge. Yeah, I think so. Two hundred fifty, three hundred fifty. Well, he just made Victoria Police look like idiots. No, that was uh, Noosa, Queensland. Oh, it was in Queensland. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, they yeah. just made the Queensland Police up there look like idiots, hasn't they? Yeah. So um. Yeah, not good for the the cops marketing department, but um, yeah, you need people like that. You just need to keep chipping away, more and more of them doing it, filming it, documenting it. But he's up, he's, he's up for court now in September for a possible maximum five year jail term. Oh, well, he won't get that. He'll get a fine. He'll get a fine. But like, if you know, if you're the magistrate up there, seriously, hopefully, you manage to use some common sense. Sending him to jail for that would be devastating. Sending to jail for five years, you know, non parole. Oh, yeah. there is a guy who went to jail, right? The the um the organizer. The protest organizer, yeah, the protest in New organizer. South Wales, yeah, yeah, yeah. He got eight months or three something months, like that, or something. yeah, months. Yeah, I don't know about that. That was pretty rich. That was trying to send a message, I think. So there's a lot of trying to send a message. Yeah, hopefully they appeal that. I'm not a lawyer or anything, but um, I got parents, mm. uh, four or five, who've said to me, "Playground closures are good because you have to send a message to the parents through the kids, and if the only way to get through to the parents is to punish the kids, then it's fine." Yeah, but. That's abuse, man. Yeah, it is. It's stupid and it's pathetic. You know, the kids have had enough. You know, look, with the mental health stuff, look, I've seen the whole argument from the other side of, of government saying kids' mental health. And, like, to me, honestly, with you, like, with my background, no one would probably knows, but I had a, I've got a single mum with bipolar, grew up in foster homes, all that sort of stuff. She's in psychiatric wards all the time. And your whole podcast is all about Yeah, that's what my podcast is yeah. about, right? So, 
you know, and we had no, we had no real, we had no real government support at all. I can tell yeah. you right now. Yeah. But um, you know, it's a bit rich now. The other side trying to sort of use it and say, well, you know, mental health of kids. When to be honest with you, it's never really been a priority. But if this is something which flags it now as an issue, fantastic. Because during the lockdown, what people forget as well, you've got a lot of domestic violence situations. I imagine being locked in a house with an abusive father Ooh. or mother, for example. Right? Where's your escape? Yeah, I had one. Yeah. So, yeah, imagine being locked in for 18 months where if they've lost their job or whatever. Where's the, me- the mental health on that kid? Like this, had just being scared all the time. Yeah. You know, that, that's never really been mentioned. The other thing as well, if you've got like parents with mental health conditions themselves, you know, your only escape might be to get to the playground or get in your bike and run, or, you know, go away to a mate's house or whatever. That's been taken away from you for eight months. That was never mentioned as a mental health consideration. You know, when I was, so, I've got to say, as a kid, I went through that. So, yeah. I, I, my relief when I woke up and realised where I was, which was at home, mm. that was that was the nightmare. When I was asleep, that was the escape. And then when I went to school or out to the park, anywhere to get out of the home, yeah, yeah, exactly. That was where I felt more safe. I was the same. So I basically, you know, you'd be like little BMX bandit. You go out for, you know, yeah. with your mates and stuff until ten o'clock at night, which you couldn't do. <laughs> no way any parent would go ten o'clock at night, you know, making jumps or doing whatever. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, exactly right. You you had to get out of home because you just didn't want to be in that volatile environment. You didn't want to go there. It was for your own sanity. In the last eighteen months or two years. I've never really heard that mentioned. It's good that it's been mentioned now, mm. but it shouldn't take, you know, if you're, no offence to those people, but if you've got two parents and you live in a nice house in, let's say, Camberwell, and all of a sudden mm. your mum's getting up in arms about your mental health, like, come on, that's not... Oh, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? I see what you're saying. Yeah, so this thing's been going on for two years, and that's yeah. never been really... Well, whole life, like in the 80s and 90s, we, 80s we were going through this. Absolutely. But if I was in the 80s and 90s locked at home with abusive parents in my childhood, oh, I, yeah. I don't know what I would have done. I was a kid. I don't know how I would have mentally dealt with that, snapped, something would have happened in my brain. Exactly right. And it was the same here. So we had to have, you had to have that ability to go outside the house and to go go do things, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, we had, and you had every reason why. If you didn't do it, like, who knows what would have happened? Yeah. But um, but now, you know, this sort of thing, the mental health of kids and stuff, you know, look, I sort of look a bit, obviously it is, a, is an issue for parents and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, you know, I'm a bit cynical in my view of that. I think, you know, if you've got a couple of parents, you've got a nice, they've both got jobs, you know, and you can't go to the playground or whatever. Yeah. You know, it, is, it does suck. But you That's know, not what we're talking about, though. Kids are home bored. No, that's not what No, no, about. I'm not talking about that at all. Yeah, the Campbell types. That's no, I'm not talking about that, about. but the, the kids who actually need it to get out for safety. It's like it's a safety thing as well. Yeah. Because if you're – the government, when they when they have kids who know they've got, let's say, parents with mental illness or they've got domestic violence has been mm. reported at this house or whatever, mm. that kid is in like a dangerous environment. Mm-hmm. So to lock them in there and to have them locked in there, and there's been no – I've never seen no consideration, no one really says this from the government at all. That's true. It hasn't been acknowledged. We've, we've even about, from the other, even from the libs as even well. Even from the libs. Yeah, like, yeah. And that's why I've sort of seen the libs sort of go on the mental health of kids now, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. But both sides of government for the last, you would know it from you, they've done stuff all yeah. about protecting kids in these home environments. And this whole lockdown as well, it's never been really said much. But um, as you said, like in our situations, imagine if that was now. Like, you know, well, I, school was like a, a, a surveillance mechanism where schools can pick up on rapes and abuse oh, yeah, and absolutely. black eye and yeah, all yeah, sorts of sure. things. And I remember school being my refuge and a safety net. And I would often feel safer to go to school and talk to a teacher, especially if something was happening at home. Yeah. Uh, right now, those ki- yeah, schools are closed. I and love school. And school. You're right. School is a safe place. Yeah, what well, yeah. should be. And the libs are saying, and it could be other community groups and whatever as well, mm. but the libs are saying, let the kids go back to school because they need to learn. I'm thinking, yeah, okay. But also, mm. uh, the whole safety aspect, it's a refuge for a lot of them. Well, it is. It's absolutely, it's a refuge. Like, a lot of people... You know, don't 
a for you don't you can't pick your parents, right? You you're forced to live with this person. If that person's an unstable person or a violent person, yeah. you're subjected to a lot of hell. And you're right, that school time, whether it be eight hours or six hours, you're not in there. You can get a bit of relief. You can relax a bit, de-stress. If there is some mm-hmm. dangerous situation on, you would hope the school can pick on it if you've got any bruises or things yeah. like that or something going on. And yeah. yeah, that aspect's never talked about as well. That's so a good point. It is. So I just find it very, very rich that um, I understand they're saying it now, but like yeah. this thing's been up for 20, 30, 40, 60 years, 80 years, you know. it's yeah. And it's sort of, I just still find it unbelievable how, not, how it hasn't really been picked up by or pushed by other side, where's the support for um? Because be be thousands, thousands of kids in those situations, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds, hundreds of thousands across Australia. Yeah. What are we doing for them? Because what happens is if you don't fix it, if you don't give them that release or whatever, PTSD, there could be traumatic stuff, and that makes them to be less productive adults, which is just facts. Well, I'm just I'm just blown away as a kid thinking what what I have done when I said I don't know my mind would have snapped. I just can't imagine if you're a kid, you're helpless, you can't get in the car. You mm. can't go up to the shops. You can't go visit a mate. You can't go up to the pub. You can't do any of this, right? You can't even go to school. I just there's no physical way you can defend yourself. So you would have to mentally have a a a, a snap. Uh, you'd have to mentally have a break. Mm. You'd have to break in your mind because you know you're getting whatever your problem is. For me being belted by your parents. Mm. Uh, so I'm I'm a bit stuck on this. I just I can't the horrors of it. This personally. If I was locked in, I would be, I'd have a breakdown as a, as a 10-year-old. Absolutely, you would. You know, what type of human would I be after that? True. It would permanently scare you. You'd have, you know, and that would affect you in your adulthood. You know, it's not something where you, people just think, oh, you can cut. Yeah, that was then. This is now, you know, compartmentalise that. Not when you're 10. No. That's, but that's what the people would think. Yeah, and that's what people think. But um, so what do you? Okay, so what do you do about this? Because the the argument from the other side, which I thought you might be presenting, but clearly we're in the same boat mm. here, is you got it's you have to COVID. It's killer. It's deadly. Delta variant. You got to keep people safe. We had no other choice. Well, look at look at what's going to happen in the future. Like I, I know for a fact. Like you know, if you look at the adverse outcomes of you know, kids in abusive homes or whatever, like it's going to be far worse than what any repercussions of COVID are. Seriously, like. You know, vac- vaccinations rolling out, it's doing its thing. You know. So you think we're overshooting? Definitely overshooting, absolutely. In regards to this, I think I think what's happening now to the last two years with people in those environments, you know, those those people, those kids, be good to track them. I'm saying this would be even possible, but to track those people in those environments and see how they're going in another ten years. There's gonna be a lot of people not doing too well. I can tell you that right now. So, in compared to you know the risk or the potential risks if they're out in the environment now. Okay. Well, let me ask you a question. Why do you think we have elevated one form of death and harm, COVID, mm-hmm. so high above all these other ones like what we've been talking about now? I don't know. We shouldn't have. It's just a bunch of scaremongering for whatever reason. I keep it's all about hypotheticals though, isn't it? You know, this is what can happen, this is what can happen. So that's what they're relying on, isn't it? It just seems odd to me that an inevitable hypothetical scenario is what they're thinking will happen here. Yeah, but death is death. I agree. Me personally, I, I agree. Death is death. It's natural. Yeah, but if you die from COVID or you die from... Same thing, same outcome. You're dead. You're yeah. dead, you're dead. So why are they prioritising that over, let's say, suicide or you yeah. know, car accidents or whatever it is? Oh, I, I saw a cool article, yeah. cool article, a devastating article that excess mm. deaths in Australia are up, but because we have such a unique scenario that no one's dying on COVID, mm. uh, the excess deaths are from cancer heart disease, heart attacks and strokes, things that we don't usually have. Yeah, because people aren't getting, getting checked out. So We are definitely killing more people, mm. but it's not COVID. True. 
All right, thank you for raising the mental health flag. Uh, let's talk about social conformity. I want to show you a social experiment. Uh, I've been wondering why people are so... If you sit here and tell me, look, I don't agree with your Nazi Germany references, you know, we can talk about it. Mm. But other people get really emotional and say, no, you shouldn't be against lockdowns or against uh, show directives or or the whatever. They get really emotional and they just disconnect their thinking brain. And they're the same type of people I see who say things like, just do it, just follow the rules because follow the rules. So, for example, my wife was down in the playground with my two little mm. kids, two and five, tiny little kids, two girls. And this woman with a big dog comes over and intimidates my wife and says, you shouldn't be doing that. That's illegal. And my wife's like, mind your own business. And there's no one else on the playground. It's this big giant park. This woman with the dog walks over and tells my wife off. Kids are happily playing. And she says, no, you shouldn't be doing it. This is illegal. Do you want to spread the virus, do you? And my wife's like, spread it to who? Mm. And she says, well, you shouldn't be doing it because the virus is spreading. The idea of you just should do it because... There's no logic. Like, there's no one at the playground. They're in the outdoors. Who are they spreading to? Each other? It's just nutso. And her coming over, exposing herself to my wife. Anyway, <laughs> I think a lot of it has to do with social conformity. And people like that feel like, well, everyone else is policing everyone else. Let's just get on board. And this is, this is uh, what happens. We set up a hidden camera experiment to see if this woman would stand up at the sound of this tone simply because everyone else is. You might be thinking you'd never go along with this. Or would you? Don't do it. Don't do it. After Unbelievable. After just three beats, and without knowing why she's For no doing reason. this woman is now conforming perfectly to the group. But what happens if we take the group away? Okay, now she's alone. The crowd is gone and nobody is up? watching her except our hidden cameras. What do you think she'll do? She has no idea why she was that. Don't you muppet. You muppet. <laughs> oh! She's now conforming to the rules of the group without them even being there. Now, watch what happens when we introduce another outsider who doesn't know the rules. This is Cho Directives Have in Australia. I'll be out in just a couple minutes. Thanks so much. She has no idea. He has no idea. Stay seated, buddy. What are you doing? <laughs> Think she'll teach the new guy what to do? Flippin' hell, don't you stand up. Morality, bro. Where's your brain? I think this is what happened in Nazi Germany. Rolling as more unsuspecting patients arrived. Social pressure, man. Don't do it. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And slowly but surely, what began as a random rule for this woman has now become the social norm sad, for everyone it? in this waiting room. Glad you find it sad. 
Before I saw the other black woman, I thought, well, maybe she's Japanese or something. I don't know. They yeah, like yeah, to follow yeah. rules and Asians stuff. Do, yeah. And I see that guy come in and start doing things. Bloody hell. He's very embarrassing to watch, actually. <laughs> it is very embarrassing. But that is society. It is, unfortunately. It is. We're social animals. That clip is very called... hard to go against the grain. Yeah, that clip, if you want to look for it, is called Brain Games. Uh, I think it was from Discovery Channel in the US or National Geographic. In the full clip, they then have a professor come on after this experiment to explain what's going on. Mm. It's an evolutionary development, safety in the pack. Yeah. Well, we're cavemen, aren't we? So it's hardwired all this stuff from there that we're still doing, isn't it? 10,000 years ago or whatever. I reckon the police and the governments rely on this. Do you think they're that smart? Well, they say it. They say, dob your neighbours in. Yeah, that's pretty rich, isn't it? I, I was always taught, you know, snitches get stitches, right? So I'm, a, I'm surprised in Australia that we have that. Um, but people are dobbing on people in and they're bragging about it, saying, oh, if you had 300 people report on. Like, honestly, if you did that to someone like Jesus, you'd feel like, you know, such a Karen or whatever, you know, it's crazy. Report on someone for going to the beach or something. Yeah, like, fair dick. Like, you've got to have a good hard look at yourself. Like, yeah, but they, they feel doing? justified. Like, this lady, you approached my wife in the mm. park. She's a Karen, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, but she she literally was like the virus is dangerous. You're spreading the virus. I need to I need to stop you from well the messaging or whatever she's been watching is getting through to it. She's obviously watching the same thing all the time and yeah. she's just regurgitating what she's hearing and thinking she's a justice warrior and I'm going to yeah. save you. I'm going to save save Victoria. Whatever they're doing by speaking my opinion. So I don't even think they need to have a solid message. I think a lot of this happens. I think people just get into a crowd. Oh, you see on Twitter, for example, you know it's the same <laughs> stuff and. You know, all the Mr. Andrew supporters, it's the same sort of thing. Yeah. All of those bots. All those bots. All right, New South Wales. Let's talk about this. So uh, Gladys is now saying, we're going to give you some of your freedoms back. I don't think she really understands the word freedoms, but the mm. following individual freedoms will be allowed. <laughs> Good old Bruz Barilaro, the second one. Oh, Bruz. Good old Bruz. Shout yeah. out to Geordie and his awesome channel. All right. Um, the following individual freedoms will be allowed for those who have received both doses of the COVID-19 vaccine. So you've only had one. You wouldn't even be eligible for this. No. Again, 1930s Germany. You, what? Okay. This is slippery slope where you're saying, yeah, I'm not quite sure, not quite sure, not quite sure, but I'm, we're getting more and more and more. This mm. is now, so haircuts are coming back on in New South Wales for the, for the double vaccinated. Haircuts? Haircuts. That's, what, that's going to be a big incentive, yeah true it's a joke but still i now go book a haircut yeah you know we're in melbourne but you know i book a haircut and we have the same laws eventually i'm sure and they say sorry you can't come in matt because you haven't been double vaccinated but joel can come down mm. i think that's medical apartheid because that's what we used to do to blacks true what is true actually it is true so as a vaccinated person talking to an unvaccinated person do you think I should be disallowed from going to get a haircut? Or that you should get more freedoms? I'm going to be selfish and say I should get more freedoms. But like Why? for me, Why? me personally, I, you know, I might get a lot of hate, but I agree with vaccination. So for me, yeah. it doesn't, it's not going to obviously affect me because I agree with vaccination. Yeah. But for someone who has a medical condition who can't or just doesn't want the, you know, if the premise of it be forced to do something which they shouldn't have to do yeah. or yeah. taking it, you know, or whatever else arguments they want to make. Um, I can see from their point of view, yeah, absolutely, they're going to be discriminated against. Yeah, but what do you think of that? What do I think about it? The discrimination. Oh. You're, you're with a majority that loves vaccination. That's fine. Mm. I'm, I'm, we're actually... I say I love vaccination. The way I view it is, at the end of the day, to, to, have, to do things that I want to do for travel, mainly travel, I want to go to seas again, right? I'm going to have to get it. I'm not going to be able to get around it. What about... So you, you didn't do it for health reasons? 
I did it because I'm. I did it for, for. I didn't do it for health reasons, no. I did it because I know <laughs> if I want to go to the travel, if I want to be with mates, if I want to go to a club again, if I want to do this and that, if I want to go to the footy or whatever, I'm going to have to get it. They're going to, they're going to be forced into getting it. Which one so did you get? I got Ashley for two months ago. Oh, first job. I can smell it. Get that spike protein <laughs> shedding all over the table. I don't even want to know. So, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die. If that's what I get told all the time. You know, second jab, you're going to die in three to 12 months. Whatever it is, you know. What can you do? Well, most likely you won't die. The, the rates are of adverse I've got more chance events. Of, I had more chance of dying in the car in a car crash getting it than I would have from it itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not you know, Billions of doses has been given around the world. That said, the number of adverse events for this vaccine compared to all the other vaccines which I've had mm. is extremely high for this vaccine compared mm. to other vaccines. Mm. That worries me. Yeah, but it's, it's going to happen, isn't it? Yeah. Abnormally high. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. What do you think about the, the ethics part of this? You can go to haircut, I can't. The ethical part of it? Well, I th look, I'm going to sound like a lefty here, but like end of the day, if I've had the vaccine and it, you know, my reduced, I can know I can still pass it and all that sort of stuff. But if that's the case, that's the case. And if someone is not and they're going to put others at a higher risk, apparently, or whatever, then maybe they, they shouldn't be able to do it. Me personally. But me, me. So Matt, Matt shouldn't be able to go to the hairdresser because I, I'm putting others at risk. I think you should. I think you should. Should what? You probably put more people at risk driving there. No, you think I should what? I should should. You yeah, should be allowed to go, go in. I should be, you should be allowed to go Unvaccinated. Well, end of the day, you probably put more people at risk driving. You're more risk to someone else driving to the yeah. to the hair to hair thing than you will be. But we're going to kill someone from COVID if they're vac most people are vaccinated in there or whatever. So now are you, are you going back, you're reversing your position saying this shouldn't happen. I'm reversing my position. I initially thought, yeah, I agree with it because it's easy for me to agree with it. But I, I, don't want bully, I don't want to bully you into no, it. No, you're not bullying me into it. I think... I do think it's a bit, but I think if the vaccination rates go and they are, let's say we have seventy percent of people yep. who ever get it, and there's another thirty percent of people who don't, then so be it. You know, the thirty percent of people just that's that's their prerogative, whatever. You know, the vaccinated people are going to be protected from it. But aren't I putting you at risk? That was the original argument that people are putting out. I don't see how you are, but you know, I don't but, see how you are. But then you're comparing, you know, the risk of me driving to the dresser. You know, correct. We're already we're doing it to each other all the time. Yeah. Exactly right. We put our, we put everyone at risk. When you hop in the car, you 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 know you know this projectile going eighty k's metal down the freeway, or whatever. You're more risk at hurting other people in that than you are by not having a vaccine against a lot. Of, let's say the majority of people who will have vaccines as well. So at the time, would you? Okay. So are you now against vaccine passports? This kind of thing where Matt, the unvaccinated, can't do something that you can do. Well, I well even before, so I went to South America I had to get a yellow fever injection. I've right? had it, yeah. Yeah, yellow one. fever, yeah, you get yeah. the little yellow book. Yeah, I've got the yellow book. The yellow book, if you yeah. don't have it, you're going to have to quarantine for 14 yeah. things or something. So yeah. before this whole thing, for me, I would I didn't see it as an issue personally. Yeah. But I think that's just but the this is But this. this is not a choice to go to South America or not. This is me getting a haircut. Yeah, it's a bit rich, isn't it? It's a bit rich. Look, I think it's a bit rich. I think it's over the step. If, they, if their vaccine rates go on the way it is, and let's say 70% of people have it and 30% of people don't, that, that's fine. The people who want to be, let's say, they're protected from it or feel they're protected with by taking the vaccine and protected, and the ones who aren't or the ones who don't want the vaccine aren't, then so but, be it. You shouldn't put restrictions in place then on them to force them. Well, okay, but this would be very tempting for you because you're going to be in the majority crowd True. Who's, who gets all the special treatment. Well, it's easy treatments. for me to say because I'm, yeah, exactly right, I'm getting all the special treatment yeah. as well. If you're not getting the special treatment, then for sure you're going to feel discriminated against. But what, what can you actually do about it? What can you do about it? I don't know. We're just having a conversation right now. I'm just yeah. interested to see how you felt about it. All right. So what about this guy? This is a tweet from a professor. Um, he said, my position is we must make the lives of the unvaccinated a total misery and just keep escalating the exclusions until we crush the resistance, break their spirit in order to force compliance. 
and so they learn not to resist government mandates. Well, that's pretty poor form. Is he being serious? Yes. He's back. People have called him out on this, professor from... Uh, as they should call him out. Uh, Canada. Yeah, as they should call him out. And he's backed it up and said, no, people, you've got to keep people safe. You're putting people at risk. This is, we have to force them. We have to crush them. It's stupid. It's intense. No, it's just, it's just dumb. It's embarrassing for that bloke. I don't know if he said it to be a sensationalist or what, to get himself a bit more, get some likes from his, from his fellow supporters. I don't know, but it's pretty, pretty ridiculous. But look, that's probably but the way. But that's the way it's going to happen. That's that's what that's that's what they're going to. They've already started trying to do it. They're going to start bringing it in for multiple things. But I'm fascinated by your opinion because you are on that side, not that side, but the side of you're going to be in the privileged, mm. who who, like that's not going to affect you. Everything he's talking about is. So if you go back to apartheid in the United States with black people mm. not allowed to use the same toilets, not allowed to sit at the front of the bus, all this kind of th- stuff, they're in the minority as the unvaccinated soon will be. Yeah, but you've got but the, the majority of people you should have a level of empathy as well. Yes, but when you have a majority, a majority, mm. you have strength in numbers. So the whites could oppress the blacks in the US because they were the majority. Mm. The vaccinated will be able to oppress the unvaccinated because they will be the majority. The question becomes: Will they have a heart big enough to stand up for human rights, which we've always believed in up until now? Well, I'd hope so. I don't think they will, but I think you've got as a human, you've got to have a level. You should have empathy for people who who aren't going to do it. You know, and look, I've got mates of mine who don't want to do it for health reasons, but they do it for the freedom reasons. They know they're going to have to have it to you. go travel. Yeah. That's what yeah. I did. Yeah. I could, look, I'm not going to go down the vaccine rabbit hole. I've got no idea about all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I just knew that I had to get it because I want to go travel again. I want to go do stuff. I want to go yeah. play sport. Cool. So that's. That's the position I'm in, and that's yeah. the way it's going to go. Yeah. And as you can see, it people are going to hold staunch and just go, "Nah, stuff, stuff the government. I'm not going to be forced into doing something what I, what I can't." And they're going to be restricted for a long time. Yeah, that's the way it is until something happens. Whether it be, I don't know, I don't know what the courts can do about it. I don't know if someone's got enough deep pockets to do it. But um, look, I think you know, people who are in the majority need to start having empathy for the minority. Like initially, when I saw that thing before, like I'm thinking, you know, personally from my perspective, well, good, you know, that's what we're going to have to do, unfortunately, to get these people, but. I don't want the sense of the people who are vaccinated calling the unvaccinated people idiots and stuff because they're not. There's a lot of smart people who won't get the vaccination and we're definitely not idiots. They're a lot smarter than the people who are getting the, the vaccination. Well, have you seen the curve of vaccine hesitancy? Yeah, I haven't seen it, no. But um, Actual real data no. where you have vaccine hesitancy up and down. So, yep. so the more vaccine hesitant you are versus your education. So they have basic people who mm. high school dropouts. In the middle, most of us have like a de- uh, bachelor's degree or master's degree. Then on the top end, the PhDs. Mm. The most, this is a mainstream media. Of all those um, education levels, which do you think are the most vaccine hesitant? I would say maybe the PhD. Yeah, they were. Yeah. And, and, and then the second most hesitant was the low uneducated, mm. which is what people are calling unvaccinated idiots. Just you're out there... They're paying out truck drivers and stuff, you know. Which I would is say the unvaccinated people put more time into researching their position than what a vaccinated person would even know why they're getting it, to be honest. Yes, but That's vaccine hesitancy is almost none in the middle. That bachelor group, which most of us, mm. most most um, people have got basic uni educations in Australia, mm. that middle section, they love it. Mm. But it's the extremes. And just quick shout out to the truckies. Apparently, a lot of truckies listen to this podcast. Toot your horns. Beep, beep. Love you guys. <laughs> Uh, yes, so this is really interesting to me that you're saying, you know, a lot of smart people won't be getting it. Uh, but I'm, I'm fascinated in that we, if we, people over here on this side, if we don't get it, we need you guys mm. to look out for us because we are effectively handing you a giant baseball bat and you can, you can bash us with it. 
because we're going to be the 20%. Absolutely. And what I also don't want people to be ostracized who are unvaccinated, like, you know, that, that sort of, this sort of stuff and people agreeing with it, like people who agree with that sort of sentiment are idiots themselves. Like that's, that, that's, pretty, that's pretty disgraceful. But yeah, you need people in positions of power or, or whatever to sort of call this sort of stuff out and sort of marginalising people for their position. Because I would say a lot of people who've taken that position to not get vaccinated or whatever, whatever it may be are probably going to spend a lot more time on their position than what, as I was saying before, people who've got the jab and stuff. Like For me personally, it's a quick decision. I know I'm not, I want to do stuff again. I want to travel. Mm. Just get it, get out of the way because that's what's going to have to happen from what we're seeing overseas with vaccine passports mm. and stuff in, mm. in France and stuff. Mm. Me personally, as you said before, I've travelled overseas before. Getting mm. You have to get a certain amount of immunisations before mm. you go mm. overseas. You're not forced you know, to go to that place. You mm. choose to go there mm. and that's a condition of it. Mm. But I think the 30% or the 20% here shouldn't be ostracised. And look, the way the governments think they're going to get those 20% people are going to try and take away various things they can do until they break, and that's what's going to happen. Absolutely, it's going to happen. So, Well, when you when we uh, talk about the people in power um, need to make sure we don't ostracise the minority because that's... That, that doesn't represent everyone, right? That's what I've, Well, that's what you think. Yes, so. but we, we need... Those people in power are not actually the governments. They're, they're you. Mm. You'll be in power soon. Oh, no, I'm serious. You want to hope not. The majority, the yeah. majority of people walking around will be in power. They're the ones that will say, "No, those stupid twenty percenters shouldn't be allowed to get a haircut with us. We need you guys to not do that to us." Anyway. I won't be doing it. You know, I've definitely changed. When you show me that initiative, I'm thinking, "Well, that's you know." But I, I understand people in that twenty percent. They're not just doing it just to be defined or whatever. They they've spent a lot of time researching their position, and that's what they want to do. That's what I want to do. Yeah, and look, uh, you know, it's funny. Um, I'm really excited about the Novavax and the Covax, which is coming out at the end of the year, okay. a recombinant protein vaccine. Mm. But if I get that, I will be down there burning my passport with all the unvaccinated mm. because I will not stand for this medical apartheid. All right, what else have we got from the control? What else are we looking at today? I think we've got a few other things. Oh, what's that about? Tesla bot, do you know about this? I did hear about this, yes. I did see about the Tesla bot. He wants to bring in a... Rec I don't know what the time frame was, but... Um, these workers in there, yeah? Do cleaning tasks, boring tasks. These and dangerous tasks, yeah. Dangerous tasks, Big yeah. pole, you know. Big pole. <laughs> well, you know, the iRobot clip we had earlier, that yeah, would yeah. be a lot better than having old mate come on your pussies. I'd write, a robot would be more controllable. True. If I were boss Shane Patton, I'd be, I'd be lot, wanting these. A lot more in shape as well. A lot more in shape, yeah. yeah, okay. Anyway, so Tesla bot's coming. That's kind of scary. Thankfully, you know, I used to work for this guy. Thankfully, I've seen the inside of his organisations, and he with um, he, with Tesla especially, he's kept it locked down because they have a lot of data. They mm -hmm. know where your accelerator was, and even in cases where authorities have sought that that data, that telemetry data, to bury someone, he's stood up like Apple have and said yeah, no. But, yeah, and so they should. Mm. All right, what else we got? What's going on this week? Oh, this is the Tesla bot. Sexy looking. That's nice. Hey, I want one. Would you have it in your home? Yeah. You would? Yeah. You'd people, there'd be some people doing some weird things with my tail right now. No, no, it's <laughs> anatomically neutral. <laughs> you think people are sticking things in my tail right now. Look, it's neutral. <laughs> no, but I could use him to do a whole bunch of tasks. Mm. He costs a lot of money. I'd like a body like him. He's quite lean. Definitely costs a lot of money. It's definitely a far way between to be viable for most people. Be a what? A far way between viable to purchase one of these. For oh most yeah, no, yeah. but we'll, we'll we'll like loan it. 
Like <laughs> we'll all come together and buy one across ten households, and they can come around and do all the heavy tasks. Mm. All right, what else we got this week with this? Oh, okay. Do you know what this is? Protest about this is the climate extinction thing, is Extinction yeah. Rebellion. So they set some things on fire and they put some graffiti on Parliament House. Not very environmentally friendly, is it? It's not. But mm. do you know they got fined? They went to court. You know what the magistrate fined them? How much? Look at this. This much. Or two of those. $20 each. Oh, $20, $20 fine. That's ridiculous. You know what? These guys can't. Here's a quote from them. Uh, okay. Yep. Four Extinction Rebellion protesters vandalized Parliament. Uh, they were given $20 fines by a magistrate in the ACT. They have declared that this is a penalty, uh, is effectively a message from the courts to keep calm and carry on with their protesting and vandalizing. With two $20 fines, the magistrate sent me a clear message. Keep going, Andrew George said. The court outcome today is a continuation of what we are seeing around the world. The judiciary gets that it is code red our planet is facing, and it means civil disobedience. Even property damage is necessary and appropriate to get the action on the climate emergency. Wonder what they're going to do next? You know, if, if you go to a playground, mm. it's $1,817 fine. And this is what, 20 bucks? 20 bucks. Mm. Uh, all right, I think we have one more. This is the last one. What do we got? Oh, what's this about? You sent me this photo. Oh, this is us. I recognize the photo. I couldn't believe this, but um, yeah, the, the kid, that baby there, and everyone's seen that, like, you, there would have been t shirts sold with this, right? So the kid is all grown up now, he's holding, holding the cover there. It's never, is, the Nevermind album, very, very famous cover. Is that his foot? His penis. That's his willy. Oh no! The, way. the old, the old I thought it was his foot. No. The old willy. But um, <laughs> now he's suing Nirvana's estate for uh, I think it was a child child exploitation. Well, how old is he in that photo? Like two? One? Baby, I don't know. He's very young. Obviously, his parents approved him to do it or whatever. They gave yeah, permission to do it. That is a bit. Yeah, they gave permission. But he's basically saying everyone I've met seen a willy. So that's <laughs> what he's come out and said. I can't meet. I can't not talk to someone and they haven't seen me willy. So. Are you for? I'm for. I'm, I'm, I'm with him. Yeah, that's Are you on his side. I'm on his side of yeah, it. I think it's so, I, yeah. So he's um, you know, said child exploitation. He's obviously going to get a big payout, I presume, yeah. from there. But that's a, but that's a precedent in America. Like how many other kids have been exploited by their parents in America, especially? Oh, yeah. Who can turn around now, you know, and claim all sorts of things? So who knows what's going to happen there? That's going to be open slather. Give him the million bucks. That's fine. He deserves it. Absolutely. But I just thought it was funny. You know, everyone he's saying everyone I've met has seen my, has seen me junk, and that was <laughs> that's true. Well, I've got a T-shirt with my junk on it. Imagine that. Oh, yeah, because that's on T-shirts. Yeah. Album covers, absolutely. Someone's living room. What else is going on in, in your world in the week? Anything else going on? Because we're at the end of the show. In the week. Oh, look, just like everyone, I think a bit of perspective is always good as well. I know yeah. we're, in, we're in the worst, most oppressed place in the world, according to that guy, but um, yeah. a bit of perspective is always good. All right, you know, correct but, him. What are you, what are you saying? Oh, you know, seeing the Afghanistan stuff for me, yeah. you know, it's just sort of like, you know, then compared to what we're doing here, I've got a roof over my head, I've got food, yeah. I've got a job, I've got a yeah. good little dog, I've got a girlfriend. You know, even though I can't do certain things that I want to do, yeah. you know, it's not it's not, it's not, not the be-all and end-all and doom and gloom. Yeah. But um, when you see things like Afghanistan, you think, Jesus, to, to, to jump up and on like a landing gear and to fall from that full on, just eh? to get out of there. It's just like, that needs to put you in perspective and but see, there's a check two, your head. There's a two-speed lockdown going on because when I talk to you, you're talking about you've got mm. a girlfriend, you've got mm. a dog, all good. But then when I get messages from people, literally, some, uh, I think I'm up to three deaths now, suicides, or two, who actually either know or is their older cousin or something. So I'm getting... and, and before suicide, I'm getting a lot of self-harm emails. I'm getting videos that I haven't shown. Mm. 
So I'm like, I hear you. Yep, true. You're pretty okay compared to Afghanistan. But then I hear these parents sending me stuff. I'm like, I'm not sure that the harm being done to their kids is any better than what's being done to the women of Afghanistan right now. Yeah, I can see that perspective as well. Oh, look, I, I think I think the government, um, no one's really saying. We went. We were talking this earlier in the show. As I said, that this this mental health stuff going on in people's homes and the environments, the unsafe environments that's now being created or being exacerbated by having 18 months where you're forced to live with people, live in yeah. situations, is really going un, untold or unspoken about. Yeah, but if most aren't, if most are like you, yeah. your lives are okay. And that's probably... Well, it wasn't at one stage. Like, as we said, like, let's no, say... No, but now, during the lockdown. Yeah, now, for me... Well, and that, most people are probably being selfish. It's me being selfish and not looking outwards and... I don't hear the things you have. You're exposed to a lot more things than people coming at you. So if I presume people like me saw a lot more stuff of that online or we were getting those type of messages, we probably would definitely choose to change our perspective. But as people like, you know, I'm, not, I'm probably selfish, but like, you know, you always try and treat yourself, look after yourself first and what's your perspective and how you're going and other people are always a second consideration. That sounds very rude and selfish, but I think that's the what most people are like. I think so. That's why I feel, that's why in your position, obviously you can have perspectives because you're getting those messages, you're hearing that sort of stuff. And during our lockdown with my work, we had we had some franchisees and um, uh, a couple of their kids tried to kill themselves as well. And yeah. when you see those sorts of emails, that was a, that was around a year ago. That's yeah. not good at all. Yeah, okay. And then you feel a bit more. But um, you've almost got to be reminded of that all the time so you don't forget that aspect of what's going on. So what's mainstream Australia which you're here to represent? What are they <laughs> What are they thinking about this week? What's in the news? Are they all just watching COVID crap? Oh, maybe, probably. You know, people sit down. What I do, their, their routine is to sit down at 6 o'clock and watch 7 News or watch 9 News and then that's their sort of snapshot for the week. Um, obviously, Afghanistan would probably be the biggest thing going on, and I I think like as well with the um, the Biden thing, like obviously with Biden, like people are seeing him to be a lot more of an idiot than what they. He's like, not an idiot. He's just Alzheimer'y, quite old. Like he's almost he's mentally he's a, gone. He's mentally gone. Yeah, my mum's got my mum's got bloody um, early onset Alzheimer's. She's sixty three, and um, you know you, you talk to her and you see this Biden like Biden and stuff, and it's like bloody hell. Similar. Like, Pretty similar. Like you see the blanks and stuff and like just... His brain shorts, his yeah. His brain's just yeah. like, bloody hell, this is the bloke leading that. And, you know, the Afghanistan stuff is definitely going to be... Um, if, if someone supported Biden and said, oh, you know, how bad Trump was or whatever, mm. I think people would sort of be reevaluating their Well, their Trump sent mean tweets all the time. Yeah, I miss those mean tweets. I miss his Twitter. I miss his uh, Twitter. I do too. I would trade all of the atrocities under Biden for some mean tweets and some rude, sexist, whatever you want to call Trump any day. Absolutely. Like I think, I think people are looking at it now, like this whole thing, and going, "Geez, it wouldn't have been bad to have him back, have him position," you know. So those people who, um, you know, look me personally, I think he said a lot of stupid things. I think of he course. told lo- lots of lies and stage and stuff. But when you compare him to what's going on now, he would have bombed them to hell. I know that much. Absolutely, and that's what America's about, isn't it? You know, bomb people strong, to hell. Bomb people to hell. Yeah, which we're, has we're a whole another argument. But he certainly wouldn't have abandoned all these people in Afghanistan. No, I don't think he would have. You know, as much as much as I don't agree with a lot of things he does, I don't think he would have. He was a bully. Absolutely, was so a bully. and he would have bullied the Taliban into submission, like Absol- he did with everyone else. Absolutely, but it's showing you how it's showing people on that side who, let's say, more left leaning or Democrats. Hey, you guys are just as heart- probably more heartless, aren't you? Yeah, they're both crap, but Democrats, I think, are slightly worse. Yeah, and that sort of exposed them. So that's sort of the takeaway from the week that I get. I think people are watching these press conferences and sort of being embarrassed now because that Fox News stuff and coming up in my news feed, right, on social media, that we're being laughed at by, 
you know, Tucker Carlson and things like that. And even if you don't like Fox yeah. News or whatever. No, but then Joe Rogan, like Joe, mainstream. Joe, yeah, type. the Joe Rogan stuff. Because I was watching the Yunami, Yunami Park. North Korean North Defector. Korea. Laughing yeah. at what we're doing in Australia. Laughing at what we're doing. I'm thinking, geez, that's embarrassing. Because like, Joe Rogan would have a massive audience in Australia, right? Yes. Probably a top, top yes. podcast yeah, here. And yeah. Everyone is a massive, I'm a massive fan of him. And just, mm. you feel embarrassed for yourself mm. and for, um, for your country. Like, I almost feel, I'm not proud to be Australian really at the moment, to be honest. Really? I used to before, two years before you go travel, everyone loves Aussies overseas, you yeah. know, it's great crazy to live like Australia, you yeah. can do this, can do that, go to the beach whenever you want, you know, good bars and whatever. Now the stuff that I love about Australia, you can't do it. You know, it's just crazy. So it's almost like I'm not proud to be Australia anymore, to be honest. I'm most ashamed about the way we're treating each other. Yeah, well, it's definitely the divide's coming here, isn't it? You know, I never thought it would, but it definitely is becoming more and more. I'm really enjoying the fact that we got to sit down today and we got to have that little discussion about how we're on different parts of the fence when it comes to these restrictions allowing haircuts and stuff. And it's really nice to hear that you don't want me to be uh, squashed. So thank you. I think Hopefully we, it's an example for other people. I'll definitely change it. And as we said before, um, before off camera, I think when people watch these channels, like they watch you because they're a fan of you and they, they would generally agree with what you are. Mm. Um, you know, I just say to people, take the opportunity to watch people you don't agree with. Mm, definitely. Because if you feel weird, it gets it gets you up and about, you get really angry, but just force yourself to watch 10 to 15 minutes. And the stuff that's doing really well online is when you have two opposing sides, let's say Neil deGrasse Tyson and Ben Shapiro, mm. and you have Russell Brand and, and Ben Shapiro, completely mm. two opposite people. Mm. But people are watching those. That's the content that needs to start being created and people need to force themselves to watch. Because mm. it's so boring just watching people you agree with all the time. You become indoctrinated. I agree. You know, and that lady at the park, for example, she's obviously watching someone she agrees with all the time, mm-hmm. and she's just going around and her behaviour is influenced by that. So, just try and watch stuff that you don't agree with, and I hopefully see more people doing it. And that's what the mainstream needs to do as well. I just don't know why they don't do it. Having a TV it's show, it's uncomfortable. But having a TV show where people just argue with each other will get way better ratings. They do it in America in sports. So there's channels, there's mm-hmm. shows like um, there's a guy called Skip Bayless and a guy called Shannon Sharp. Yeah. Their job is to have a have a topic on sports and. They, no matter what, they're never going to agree with each other. Yeah. And people just watch it. So I just don't get why networks here or why channels here just don't have shows where you have two people on this side, two people on this side and just go for it. And the stuff that do, does the best online, like let's say the Peterson debates and all these yeah, sorts yeah, of things, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's where you learn stuff, right? You might pick up something from the other side. But you can also go on. and watch the echo chamber from the other side. So I like yeah. to go and listen to Jordan Shanks, big yep. comedian, mainly because he's friendly Geordies, because mm. he's funny. But also because he's such a loving, like he loves Rudd, like he's, you know, he's obsessed. He's a fanboy. He's an absolute, clearly a fanboy. Yeah. But I like to because he helps me to get out of listening to someone who's pro-liberal. He's so anti-liberal, it's not funny. Mm. Liberals are the devils. Well, when I, when I first came across him, I refused to watch it. And I, Why? Just because I'm... Yeah, I'm a liberal person, so I vote. I've always will vote liberal. Oh, yeah. Oh, you said this to me earlier. Yeah, I did. I've voted Shorten twice. Yeah, yeah but, mm. but see, I'm always, you know, Southwest Perth will always vote liberal, even mm. though they screw the farmers. Mm. But the um, it's just hard to watch. You get this weird feeling. It's just weird. You watch it, and you think it's I uncomfortable. Wanna, yeah, it's uncomfortable, and you're like, I want to punch this guy, or you just like this guy's a dickhead or whatever. Then I slowly started watching. I think the Braz stuff, so the Barilaro stuff, and I started watching it. And I was like listening. I'm going, Jesus, the he's right. The, he's right, and the stuff he's calling mm. out his politician. You think, mm. bloody hell, why? Why aren't more people? Why isn't this sort of journalism happening at all levels with politicians? And it, it's an engaging way to get you involved in politics, and it's humorous as well. Very funny. Very funny. But the initial feeling to watch someone you don't agree with, or just to dismiss them automatically, it's it's very hard. But over time, you change your views. And I reckon one yeah. side's better at that than the other, though. Which one? 
I reckon the people you're seeing protesting now mm-hmm. and those sort of people are more open. I don't know. I disagree. A couple of mates who went to the protest and they're just... I don't think there's anything I could say to change their view. Really? On anything. Yeah, I don't think so. I think on both sides it's bad. You have your top 10% on both sides and there's just nothing... I think oh. there's more on the... I don't know what you're saying. I think there's more on the left. All the Karens I talk to, which is a lot... <laughs> They're, they're the ones that I feel like I've got no chance of changing their minds. You don't, but I think that goes to the right as well. Okay. You're, there's people at those protests, you couldn't change their mind about a lot of things, I reckon, either. Yeah. True. I don't know what you think about that. But um, that's just me. That's just judging from a small sample size. You'd obviously come across a lot more people like that as well. I, I think on both sides. Mm. What we need to do is we need to have more more malleable minds and be able to just, just, just hear each other out. And that's why that stuff that's encouraging to see on YouTube is doing really well. So the Ben Shapiro, Russell Brand stuff, if you look at the comment sections. You have guys with like Trump in their mm. profile picture or whatever. They're saying, you know, don't like this bloke, but like, he does make some good points. I don't agree with him at all, but it's a nice to see someone have a discussion from two sides. You know how people pay out YouTube comments, like don't read them because they're all full of trash? I read them. yeah. If you were to rank the intelligence of comments on platforms, mm. the bottom would probably be Facebook. Yes. In my opinion, <laughs> that's where our biggest pages. Yeah. And there are a lot of good stuff on there, but there's just so much bad as well mm. in the comments. Then Instagram is very, very friendly and nice and, and so on. But the most intelligent comments I've ever seen, YouTube. Yeah, I agree. Because if someone's going to sit there and watch a 40-minute or an hour, let's say, podcast yeah. or whatever it is, they're going to at least absorb it and take a bit more time and put it in there. And I agree with you. I'll read the comments section just to see the gauge of, of the opinion on it. And it's very encouraging in the American ones to see uh, people who are clearly, let's say, on the right, you know, Trump supporters or whatever, watching mm. a Russell Brand thing for an hour and a half mm. and saying, hey, you know, don't like this guy, don't agree with him. Some of these things he said, I, you know, weren't too far off the mark, mm. but it was just good to see two people have an organised discussion and not yell at each other, call each other names, which just shuts down any debate now. But they also bring a lot of intellectual nows to it. Like the, the comments on Discernible's YouTube page are fantastic. These guys are amazing. Mm. Depth. They say, oh, this philosopher said this, how about this? They're really good. A lot of smarter people out there. I just love those people to start. Uh, watch one of these, what was it, Josh just doing more stuff themselves. So, you know, you people who watch your channel or whatever, and, you know, that's great. They consume your content. But I love to see more people just go out there and do it themselves, start mm. giving themselves a voice and not be scared of what people say. Because if you could have another 10 discernibles going, let's say That'd be good. 10 separate discernibles, right, you know, you're going to start making major impacts in the background with, let's say, in 12 months' time or 15 months' time, next election comes up. That's a really good way to make an impact. We just need more of it, like, say, Rookshan or something like... Rookshan, for example... Well, he doesn't do this. He just reports. He doesn't, but the live stream stuff is really powerful. He's the only one doing it. I think, I think, as I said to you, like, if you watch the mainstream, let's say, that three-minute segment on the thing, and you watch the two-hour... On the protest, On the yeah. live stream, which it's, I did watch it, because I was trying to see my mate on there. Yeah. But, um, They're different worlds, right? Different worlds. And it's just like, God, like, how can... And you've got you've to have that sense, like... I don't agree with a lot of the stuff, but I'll watch it because I, I want to be know what that side is and I want to yeah. see that perspective. And then you see the mainstream stuff and you, you sort of see a bit of both and you go in between somewhere. Right? One's more, the mainstream media is more dishonest, right? Way more dishonest because they want to tell you a narrative that they want. Yeah. You know, they, they'll, they'll, they've got biases and they want to sell this message or whatever. And who knows if the government, to be honest with you, is saying, is got it in all for the news directors saying, hey, we want to push this this week or can you really yeah. hit home at this point? Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. Because they're just people. Well, we know because the the uh, Daily Mail editor with that hit. Did you see? Yeah, the, the hidden camera stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And he was yeah. saying, um, doesn't matter what data you put out, always end by slamming anti-vaccination rhetoric, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's absolutely. not that's not news reporting. That's 
It's not, but people need to start, you know, start, I can't believe I'm saying this, but start waking up and start um, and start just doing a little bit more research and fact-finding rather than just going to one source all the time. So have multiple sources. So you might have a lefty channel, you might have a right channel. This yeah, is might. what I meant about being more open. Yeah. Those who are more um, open to this kind of new medium, what we're doing, they'll be like, look at multiple sources. Mm. Those who are in power, so the Ali Langdons and the um, uh, Koshies mm. and the, uh, what's his name? The guy who sits across Ali Langdon, anyway. Carl. Carl Stefanovic. Mm. They push the line of, and even Hamish and Andy and uh, Kyle and Jackie O, they, they push go to authority, go to authority. Don't trust too much of the crazy. Where is the Where are the experts? And so they concentrate your media um, consumption. They do, which is why it's important when people see content, they like to share it. They have to share it, they engage it, they need to promote it themselves. You know, mm. you, it's all well and good watching a piece of content that you really agree with, but you need to start sharing, you need to inbox people, you need to spread the message, that's what you need to do. But people just need to start having it. I just, I just think it'd be boring just watching something you agree with all the time. Mm. It's just boring. You don't learn anything, whether it be this channel or let's say if you watch Friendly Geordies or if you're watching some sort of Q&A or Quanda or whatever, just watching that all the time. Like Seriously, like, it's just boring hearing mm. the same thing all the time. Open your mind and that's why you, that's why you're going to learn. And you'll change your opinion. Like I changed my opinion a few times you know, with watching this. Mm. You know, it's just, or some of the stuff you're saying, I'll change my opinion there and there. There's nothing wrong with being wrong. A lot of times people can't. I find they, they, they think being wrong is a bad thing. It's not. Being wrong is good because you then learn things, right? You change your mind. There's nothing wrong with saying, I, I'm wrong or I don't know. There's nothing wrong with that at all. We try and embarrass people who say, oh, I don't know, I don't have the answer or I'm wrong. Whereas I love, more people should say that. Well, I think you're going to be wrong on the Nazi Germany stuff to round <laughs> out this episode, how we started. Yeah, we'll uh, not that we're going to be Nazi Germany. I agree with you on that front. But that I think it's an error to say, because we haven't had step 10, we haven't got steps one through eight mm. and nine's in the middle. Uh, I think we should be allowed to say, yes, we are seeing steps one through five of 10 of Nazi Germany and it'll probably stop at six, but we shouldn't have had steps one through five at all. Mm. So anyway, thank you for joining me, Joel. Uh, and on that note, have a good week, everyone. See you next week for episode seven, where we will have, I haven't confirmed the guest yet, I better not say it. But we have some big guests coming. You know who I'm talking about. We'll be big guests. Yes. Absolutely. You've already asked to be in the room. <laughs> That's going to be weird. Yeah. I, I can't do that. No. All right. Thanks for coming. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Adam. In all honesty, I think the reason you're getting lots of views and the reason you're getting such a big following is that people are, are rightly saying, you know, am I getting the best possible information? Am I, uh, you know, are we asking questions? Having nuanced conversations and getting to the bottom of matters is what we're all about here. And you should watch our show on the Discernible platform, discernible.io, and also on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Would you recommend people come on the show as 100%, a guest? 100% I would recommend it, Matt. It's, um, it's objective, it's balanced. You, you get a chance, not too often you get a long form interview where you can actually, you know, hopefully people can hear why you have a position on something. So that's, a, that's refreshing.